0: From Schwartz Media, I'm Elizabeth Kulas. This is 7am. In the past decade, reports of teachers and principals being abused by parents have increased. Accounts range from intimidation to stalking. Jane Caro on why it might be happening and what it's doing to schools. Jane, do you remember the first time that you were shocked by a school principal's experience of parental abuse?
1: Oh, yeah, I think it very much was 10 years ago at this Women's Education Leadership Conference in South Australia.
0: Jane Caro is a writer and commentator. Her work appears in the Saturday paper.
1: They were doing some breakout workshops and one of them was about relaxation. I thought, oh, I'm busy and stressed, I'll go to that. So I went to this workshop and sat up the back. And I think the woman who was running it thought she'd do a nice guided meditation or something. But the first thing that happened was she said, what are the big issues that you're dealing with that you feel you need to de-stress from? And a hand went up and this woman told a story about being bullied by a male parent and terrified of him and having to take out an AVO and how he drives up and down her street and the police now have her on speed dial and, you know, all this terrible stuff. And then as soon as she stopped talking, somebody else said, yes, I had this situation I was punched in the face. All these women just started to talk about what had happened to them. Me, as the other outsider and the poor woman who thought she was just going to do a nice guided relaxation, get a check and go home, sat there open-mouthed as we listened to all these female principals, deputy principals, et cetera, talk about their experiences and how they were being treated in their workplace. I mean, it was horrifying. And that was 10 years ago. That was 10 years ago. So it was terrible then and it's even worse now. I think in a way the really out-of-the-box AVO kind of stuff is relatively rare. It's that the increase of disrespect, scorn, abuse, you know, the pointy finger at the chest, you will do this kind of behaviour, has increased. And you know you've busted a gut, you know you might have worked all day the day before, gone to the school concert, gone home, answered a whole lot of emails until twelve thirty one o'clock at night, got up at five thirty six o'clock, gone to the school, practically been the first there, you know done everything you had to do in the morning, walked around, dealt with some discipline, and then some bloody parent walks in and gives you chapter and verse about what a dead shit you are. I reckon that'd get <laughs> me just packing my bags and leaving. <laughs> I agree. One of the principals I know said, oh, are you going to call a current affair? Here, I've got the number. <laughs> it happens so often. But, you know, this, the hostility, I think that's not an uncommon day for a principal these days. And that is, that is the problem. It's that day-to-day disrespect and abuse that I think wears people away.
0: One in two WA school leaders has been physically attacked by students or parents in the past year.
1: More than a third of the nation's school principals were attacked by a parent or student in 2018. Some respondents claimed they had been stabbed, spat at, and even had whiteboards thrown at them. I do a lot of work with school groups all over Australia and I've heard it for years on and off, but I um, emceed the New South Wales Secondary Principals Conference a few weeks ago and that rumble of complaint has grown into a roar. The situation is getting much, much worse There have been a number of surveys recently. there, There was one Principal's Wellbeing Survey only a few months ago which showed this to be one of the big problems that principals are saying is affecting their wellbeing and their staff's wellbeing and are really raising a red flag, basically, about the behaviour. So,
0: Jane, the issue garnered some attention when last year the Principal of St Andrews Cathedral School in Sydney wrote his school newsletter... And in that, attempted to set a standard for how parents would be interacting with teachers, he hoped, through that school community. What did that newsletter say?
1: Well, basically, he said that a small number of parents were abusing staff and uh, carrying on out of control, you know, threatening that kind of stuff. He felt that this was inappropriate behaviour, that he had a duty of care not just to his students but also to his staff. The typical incident is a parent becoming very worked up about something and becoming quite verbally aggressive and quite demanding in a way that actually is quite unhelpful. My point is. Basically, he said to me that he wanted to nip it in the bud before the behaviour got any worse. I think obviously he is probably hearing similar stories to the ones I've been hearing. I think he wanted to make sure that the behaviour was called out as unacceptable and I think that that is something that principals across the board really want to see happen. It's impossible for me to ignore it and I also think it's really important that as a society we don't ignore it. This is a bit of a canary in the mind thing. We'll be right back.
0: Jane, you're hearing from principals that the rates of parental abuse within their schools are increasing. Why do you think that is?
1: The principals gave me a whole bunch of reasons as to why it might be. They include things like increasing anxiety amongst parents, an overprotectiveness, a sort of response to any kind of discipline as unacceptable, a kind of weird lack of understanding about the normal immaturity of adolescence and the way that sometimes they will exaggerate their uh, innocence and other people's guilt. And Of course, there was the famous case in New South Wales a few years ago where a parent took a private school to court because her daughter didn't get the mark that she expected she would get. There is this transactional idea, bizarre idea that you pay X amount of money and you will therefore get that HSC result in return as if education is like, I don't know, furniture. You know, the more you pay, the better you get. We've turned it from a community and a service into a sort of transaction. One principal said very interestingly that the work that principals do in schools is complex and often hard to understand in a simplistic kind of a way. And people are impatient with and wearied by, perhaps because we're all very stressed, by complex problems. And so they're constantly looking for simple, easy solutions. You're wrong. I'm right do this. And I think that's probably to do with a worldwide increase in stress. We're hearing about this increase of behaviour in the health sector. Local councils talk about it too. Anyone who's what they call frontline staff, I think is experiencing more and more of this aggression in their place of work.
0: And do you think there are any patterns in the rates of parental abuse?
1: It seems anecdotally that female principals, I'm not sure whether they experience more, but certainly there were a lot of comments from both male principals and female principals that the tone of the abuse is different. There's a lack of respect. So one male principal who has two female deputy principals said, he picks up a different tone and it's personally demeaning. There's a basic lack of respect for a woman in a position of authority by some people still to this day. And another female principal said that if she was a male principal and she had a discussion with parents about a discipline issue, for example, she says, I just have this sense that they would perhaps not agree with me, but they would let it lie. But because I'm a woman, they feel I'm incompetent. And so they insist on talking to somebody senior to me. In Instead of recognising that I am the principal of this school and I set the rules for behaviour, the women in education leadership in South Australia a decade ago were saying very much that they find themselves physically intimidated by a lot of fathers who will draw themselves to their full height and weight and tower over them. And many of them now won't have interviews with parents without a male teacher present.
0: And do you think this abuse is mostly coming from
1: fathers in schools? The physical intimidation, I think, is seen as coming more from fathers, which, you know, makes perfect sense because women in general are smaller than men. But I think it's not necessarily that more fathers are doing it but that it's done differently by mothers and fathers. Certainly I think mothers can be just as abusive and threatening and get online and defame and bully principles in just the same way as fathers do. But I think the physical intimidation is probably more common
0: And are there proposals to change this and to remedy what principals are going through?
1: Not really, not as far as I can see. In fact, the universal response I get from principals about what one of the hardest things about this is, is that they feel really unsupported. They feel hung out to dry. They don't want to flick past the problem to their staff because they feel they have a duty to protect their staff from this kind of thing and that it's their job in a way to absorb this aggression, but then they've got no one helping them with it. And I think that that is one of the things that is really starting to grind people down. And I have wondered whether we almost are getting to the stage where we need an education ombudsman who can look at these problems when they become entrenched and be a kind of independent arbiter to help support both the principals and in the few occasions where the parent probably has some sort of case, they would get a fair hearing too. So, It's becoming so mucky and murky. It's almost like we need someone outside the system now.
0: And have you heard from principals about what they feel could be done? Have they made any suggestions?
1: There were suggestions along the lines of a community campaign saying to people, this is how you should behave in schools, (laughs) you know, this is how you should talk, this is how you should behave. It was very interesting talking to Danielle Miller, who's the CEO of Enlightened Education, who said that this kind of behaviour by parents where they march in with all guns blazing to defend their child against having been disciplined or because they think they're being bullied or, you know, they think that something's going wrong, that this behaviour in itself can be damaging to the child. And so I think if we start to explain to parents that they're not doing themselves any favours, they're certainly not doing the school any favours, but worst of all, they're not doing their own children any favours by behaving, well, frankly, in an adolescent fashion themselves, that might have some traction. But we've got this society where people are really quick to, you know, lose their temper and carry on. Jane, what do you think parental abuse is doing to principals? Well, it's been difficult for quite a long time now to get people to apply for principal's positions. This is both public and private and Catholic and every other kind of school. The number of applications has fallen. And that's because it's a really complex, demanding job. And for the level of responsibility, which is huge, not particularly well paid and very long hours, but people love it. They get a real sense of satisfaction. They feel like what they're doing matters, so there are rewards. But the trouble is if we make it dangerous, abusive, hostile and unpleasant, one female principal I spoke to said, you know, it's this garbage behaviour that will drive me out of the job I love because I just, I just can't put up with it day in, day out. If we're having trouble attracting people to principals' jobs in the first place, we certainly don't want to lose the excellent principals we have now. That's going to do no-one any favours. It is going to make people go, the game's not worth the candle, I'm going to get out. And that, I think, would be a tragedy. Jane, thank you so much. Pleasure. Pleasure.
0: Join Richard Tognetti and the ACO for a bold and intrepid 2022. Featuring a live national concert season, their acclaimed on-demand film series ACO Studio Casts, and exciting programs from their new home in Sydney's Walsh Bay. Subscriptions now on sale at aco.com.au.
1: Mahler's music embodies the very essence of humanity. Experience his epic Song of the Earth, with the Australian Chamber Orchestra, Richard Tognetti and internationally acclaimed opera stars Stuart Skelton and Catherine Carby. Opens May 12. Book now at aco.com.au.
0: Elsewhere in the news, on Tuesday afternoon, police, fire and ambulance services attended to reports of a man armed with a knife in Sydney's CBD. The suspect allegedly stabbed two women... One of them died in the attack and another was taken to hospital in a stable condition. The man was taken into custody after members of the public detained him using chairs and milk crates. And the government yesterday released a list of food names that the European Union wants banned under the terms of an impending $100 billion trade deal. More than 200 food and beverage names were on the list, including feta, prosciutto and grappa. The EU argues that the names are linked to production in certain regions and can't be used as generic names by outside producers. Industry lobby groups are expected to argue strongly against the request as public consultations begin. Trade Minister Simon Birmingham said the deal would only go ahead if it was found to be in the national interest. The EU is Australia's second-largest trading partner. This is 7am. I'm Elizabeth Kulas. See you Thursday.